the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Now, I should digress here for just a moment to point out that there are accounts of the anointing of Jesus by a woman in all four Gospels. And the relationship between the Gospel accounts is probably as follows. Now, the, the relevant passages are Matthew 26, Mark 14, and Luke 7. Welcome to the Wednesday edition of Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely. He's the senior pastor at Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. And this is a daily visit from Pastor Leighton. He's in the book of John and continuing a study that we've been spending quite a bit of time on. If you'd like to hear any of the past broadcasts, just go to our website at highlands.us and click on the messages link. That's highlands.us. Now, picking up with the details, which he just alluded to, here's Pastor Layton. Now, the story details in Matthew and Mark are similar, but the Luke appears to record a different incident. Uh, Luke's incident is described as thus. One of the Pharisees asked Jesus to eat with him, and he went into the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. And behold, a woman of the city who was a sinner, when she had learned that he was reclining at table in the, Pharisee, in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of ointment, and standing behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. Now, when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would have known who and what sort of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. And so the story in John is very clearly different than the story in Luke. And there's no reason to equate the Mary of Bethany with the sinner that is described in Luke. Although... There is the similarities of the anointing of the feet and the hair that's used to wipe them. The time, the circumstances, and the discussions are all different. For instance, it took place in Galilee, not Bethany. And it featured a woman who was a sinner, not Mary. And it took place in the home of a Pharisee, not Simon the leper. And the event occurred much earlier in the life and ministry of Jesus, not during Passion Week. But perhaps the similarities between the two incidents have led some people to conclude that Mary was the sinner that's mentioned in Luke's story. Now, Matthew's, the Gospel of Matthew and Mark's Gospel accounts note that the perfume was poured on Jesus' head, while John reports it as being anointing his feet. And all of these accounts are in perfect harmony. Since the Lord was reclining at the low table, his feet were extended away from it. Mary could have as easily poured perfume on his head, then his body, and finally on his feet. And then in an act that shocked the onlookers even more, she wiped his feet with her hair. Now, the Jewish culture considered the washing of another person's feet as degrading and 
only to be done by the most menial of slaves. In fact, in just a few days, in the upper room, as Jesus and the twelve disciples gathered together, none of the disciples were willing to wash the feet of another disciple. And it was Jesus who gave us an example of humility uh, by, by washing the feet of his disciples. But even more shocking than Mary washing Jesus' feet was the fact that she let down her hair. You see, in that era, in that culture, in, Palestine, in, in Israel, no respectable woman would ever appear in public with her hair unbound. On the day a girl was married, her hair was bound up, and it would never again be seen in public down. That was the sign of an immoral woman. But Mary wasn't distracted by that. And this is the lesson for us. There are so many people that are self-conscious about displaying their Christianity and their love for Christ. They are so concerned about what others think about them that they're all bound up. But Mary loved Jesus so much, she didn't care what other people thought. She was going to worship Jesus regardless of the cost, whether it was considered financial or, or shame. Now, John has a sentence. He says, the house was filled with the fragrance of ointment. And, and as we've studied the Gospel of John, we've seen that very often John has more than one layer of meaning in the words that he writes. And many of the church fathers and scholars have seen a double meaning here. And they've taken it to mean that the church is filled with a sweet memory of Mary's actions. In Matthew's Gospel, Jesus said that wherever the Gospel would be preached, this incident would be told. And this is true. 2,000 years later, on the other side of the world, we're still talking about this incident that took place. So even today, the fragrance of what Mary did still fills the church. Now, his description of a house that was filled with this perfume is a vivid detail that only a night witness would recall. Verse 4, But Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples he who was about to betray him, said, Why was this ointment not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? He said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. And having charge of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Jesus said, Leave her alone, so that she may keep it for the day of my burial. For the poor you always have with you, but you do not always have me. And so Mary's startling act elicited a voice raised in protest. John's gospel describes Judas Iscariot and emphasizes two facts. First, that he was a disciple of the Lord. And secondly, that he was going to betray him. Judas' betrayal of Jesus was so shocking that all of the gospel writers referred to it whenever they talked about or introduced Judas. That he was a follower of Christ and one of the inner circle made his betrayal one of the most despicable acts in human history. Jesus Christ said, Woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been good for that man if he'd never been born. Well, Judas wanted to appear... Generous and philanthropic and 
So he acted outraged over this enormous waste of money. He says, why was this perfume not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor people? Now, chronologically, these are the first recorded words of Judas in this gospel. And they expose his avarice, his ambition, his duplicity, and his selfishness. You know, he'd cast his lot with Jesus. He expected Jesus to establish an earthly kingdom. And he anticipated that he, being one of the twelve, would get a very exalted position in that kingdom. But now his dreams had turned to dust. Instead of trying to enlist them, Jesus had so antagonized the Jewish leaders they intended to kill him. And not only that, but Jesus kept reminding the disciples that his death was inevitable. And furthermore, when the Galilean crowds tried to crown Jesus king and establish an earthly kingdom, Jesus refused to cooperate with them. We can see in Judas how a person's view can be warped. As he's just seen an action of genuine loveliness. And how does he describe it? Extravagant waste. He was an embittered man with an embittered view of things. How we see things is affected by what's inside. And we're only able to see things based on our filters. For instance, if we like a person, that person can do little wrong. But if we dislike a person, we may misinterpret their most fine action. A warped mind brings a warped view of things. And if we find ourselves becoming critical of others and imputing to them unworthy motives, perhaps we should stop examining them and start examining ourselves. Amen? Now, it would appear that Judas, disillusioned and facing the end of his ambitions, decided to get at least some financial compensation for the three years that he had wasted with Jesus. And John though he didn't see it at that event, but writing in retrospect many years later, makes the Holy Spirit-inspired comment about Judas' true motive. He says, He said this not because he was concerned about the poor, but because he was a thief, and as he had the money box, he used to pilfer what was put into it. Seeing that much money, Eluda's grasp, angered Judas. And he lashed out at Mary. And he was evidently very persuasive because the other Gospels tell us that others joined in his protest. Disappointed avarice was probably one of the leading motives for Judas to betray Jesus. And it's particularly clear in the narratives in the other Gospels, the Gospel of Matthew and Mark, because in both of those cases... Judas is described as going away to meet the chief priests and betray Jesus immediately following this event. It gives us the impression that Jesus, having seen the loss of one possible form of personal enrichment, has hastened to create another. Now, some have tried to attribute noble motives to Judas, but the New Testament portrays him as nothing except a greedy thief, and a murderous traitor. 
Judas is the greatest example of missed opportunity in history. I Means think about it. He was invited into the inner circle, the twelve. He lived with Jesus and saw Jesus work and minister day in and day out for three years. And yet in the end, he rejected him, betrayed him, was overcome by guilt, though not repentance, committed suicide, and went to his own place, that is hell. You've been listening to a study in the book of John with Pastor Leighton Sheely. The senior pastor at Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, this is a daily visit, Monday through Friday. We call study verse by verse, and he'll pick up with more tomorrow. Instead of trying to enlist them, Jesus had so antagonized the Jewish leaders they intended to kill him. And not only that, but Jesus kept reminding the disciples that his death was inevitable. And furthermore, when the Galilean crowds tried to crown Jesus king and establish an earthly kingdom, Jesus refused to cooperate with them. I hope you can join us tomorrow at the same time when we will continue our study in the book of John on study verse by verse. As I said, this is an outreach of Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, supported in part by the congregation and listeners like yourself. If you'd like to join with us as a partner, a financial partner, you can give safely. When you go to the website highlands.us, you'll find all the details right there. That's highlands.us. U.S. I'm Mike Trout. Thanks for joining us on this Wednesday. Come back tomorrow when we'll open the Word of God once again to the book of John and study verse by verse. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.